0: Coffee with your spouse is like capturing happiness in a cup.
1: She's the cream in my coffee.
0: And he's the sugar in my cup. I'm Teddy. And I'm Jenny. You're,
1: You're listening, listening to Cream, cream in My, my coffee.
0: coffee. This podcast contains adult language and adult topics intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Hello everyone and welcome back to Cream in My Coffee with Teddy.
0: And Jenny. What's up? What's up everyone?
1: Oh. Well, glad to have everyone back we're going to be going through um love versus obsession part two and uh we're both excited to bring you the second segment of just an incredible murder episode
0: heck yeah anytime we talk about anything murderous which we usually don't because as you know cream in my coffee is not your typical marriage podcast we keep the coffee hot and the conversation even hotter, and today it's so hot that it led to murder. <laughs> we are going to discuss part two. Uh, the first part of this episode, we discussed what obsession and what love is. Can you tell the difference, Teddy?
1: Yeah, well, sometimes. I mean, they all pretty much are similar with each other in some aspects, but when it two combines together, I mean, one overtakes the other. It can be disastrous.
0: You can overtake me anytime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know uh, if I love you more or if I'm obsessed with you more. I guess it's a, uh, it's kind of both, you know, but not to the point of murder because I have no murderous intentions, unless <clears throat> it's in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, I'm gonna say stupid stuff. <laughs> yeah. So. Let's get down to what obsession is. Obsession is a feeling of intense infatuation, while love is rooted in a more mutual care and support. Someone who's obsessed with their partner often sees them as someone who needs constant protection and monitoring. I'm watching the show right now. Teddy is supposed to be watching it with me, but he kind of falls asleep. Um, I'm behind, so most of you have already probably seen 90 Day Fiance the other way. I have no idea what season it is. I just know that the dude is from Morocco and the girl, uh, she has like short blonde hair. And she's so pretty and he's so controlling and it's not, he's like, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. It's not love. He wants to control her. And I feel like once those cameras stop rolling and if she chooses to stay in Morocco with him, She's going to get her butt beat. I feel like he is just going to be very abusive at this point, which is a form of obsession.
1: Who knows what that's going to be like. I don't really watch those shows, but anything's possible. But it seems if he's from Morocco, it could be cultural, a lot of cultural issues that uh, between the two, they're not used to, especially if you're someone from a different era.
0: Now, does obsession always lead to murder? In the first part of the episode, we discussed a couple of cases that did lead to murder. Famous names as you know as Jody Aries, Eric McLean, Ellis Klotzman, better known as a parachute murder, Rachel Wade, Leslie Hilton, and Sixto Balbuena.
1: Well, all these people killed on the on the name of or in the name of love. But was it really love, if they committed murder? Sounds like more of a of a really obsession to me.
0: I think I'm making you a little nervous today. I am very close to you, more closer than usual in our our little pod lab. Um, I like sitting close to you, Teddy. I'm sorry. I know I am literally invading your personal space right now, but you are intoxicating, and your cologne that you're wearing. Holy crap, what is that? It smells good. This is new. Whatever you have on is new, and I am so intrigued on what it is.
1: It's the same thing that you bought me.
0: <laughs> Which one, though? You have, like, I bought you, like, 25 different things from Bath & Body Work. This one smells extra, extra good. It's called Legend. Ah, uh, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> you are a legend, baby. Oh, my gosh, it smells so damn good. Okay, sorry. We get side-rolled right now. Um, So, yes. All of these people killed in the name of love. Now, if you missed the first part to this podcast and want to catch up, go back to Season 2, Episode 11. Now, don't be mistaken, we are not going to constantly talk about murder. Unless you guys want us to out there, let us know. However, today, we are going to be discussing a couple of more cases, and I promise you it will lead to a point we are talking about love versus obsession. And I feel like in today's society young women especially, are more prone to not understanding the fine lines between love and obsession. When someone's obsessed with you, they tend to love bomb you after they've done something wrong, you know, whether it's, you know, physical abuse, mental abuse, emotional abuse. And they love bomb you. They buy you stuff. They tell you how much they can't live without you, yada, yada, yada. So I really want people to know out there that there is help, And that there is more to love than just pretty words and pretty gifts. Love is so much deeper than that. Especially when somebody can harm you, it's a toxic relationship. You need to not walk, but run in the opposite direction. So we're going to continue today. And the next person that we are going to be talking about is Clara Harris. In
1: 2002, Clara Harris found out her husband, David Lynn Harris, had been cheating on her with his secretary. Clara had hired a private investigator who notified her that her husband and his mistress were at a Texas Hilton, and she went to confront them. After getting into the altercation with uh, Gail Bridges, the mistress, Clara was removed from the hotel and escorted back to her Mercedes Benz, where her stepdaughter was waiting in the passenger seat. She had a
0: Mercedes? What?
1: Yeah, obviously they (laughs) they both were well- put together i don't know what david did but we will try to find Dang. out clara circled the hotel waiting for her husband and gail to leave and upon seeing them ran david over three times with his daughter in the car <gasps> that's crazy
0: oh my gosh insane whoa
1: clara tried to claim that she didn't know it was her husband and that she would never have mean to kill him But with her stepdaughter's eyewitnesses account, a video showing her park, uh, park her car next to the dead body and reports that she backed up for around two and then three. Clara was convicted of first degree murder. She'll be up for parole in two years.
0: Holy crud, Muffins. I wasn't expecting that, especially she backed up, what, two, three times over that poor man. Regardless, yes, he was a cheater, but he didn't deserve that.
1: I mean, that, that's that's pretty insane to just think about that. I mean, at that time, Clara's husband, David, was about 44 years old. He was an orthodont, orthodontist at the time, so that, that explains a lot financially how... He has a secretary, et cetera, and uh,
0: now was that his? <clears throat> wait, was the mistress his secretary?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh. So obviously, she probably was like one of the main case managers, or something like that. At, at some at that point, I think she was convicted in two thousand three. If I am not mistaken, uh, she was sentenced to about twenty years. Claire was sentenced to twenty years in prison, and then was released on parole in two thousand eighteen after serving about fifteen years. According to a recent report, she's no longer been being watched by the Texas Criminal Justice Department at all. But, you know, just like we we spoke about earlier in the uh, in the in the informational portion about Clara Harris, it was recorded. You know, that's the crazy thing. So imagine being a detective and trying to put together what happened and seeing in plain daylight what everything occurred.
0: Not just that his daughter was in the car, wasn't she?
1: Yeah, his, that's crazy his daughter, his daughter was sixteen years old at the oh time my as gosh. well, so imagine thinking about that, and then your your father being ran over by your mother in just blind rage. I mean that had to been, oh my God, I can't imagine she didn't do
0: enough age. prison time for that because that's just i I think they should have convicted her of child abuse as well because that is child abuse letting his daughter see her rage, her wrath of her running over him again and again. That's her dad. Like, what the hell?
1: Exactly. Um, in, in a recent reporting, though, through ABC News, uh, Clara Harris admitted that the moment she confronted her husband and later ran him over uh, was the moment she knew that everything ended. So in her words, in quotation marks, I pretty much considered... Uh, my life is over, unquote. Clara Harris told uh, Diane Sawyer truly before her conviction. So, just recently, February 3rd, Clara Harris just turned 65 as well as she's out as a free woman. But this is just such a, an insane story. We understand a lot of this stuff can happen. You know, just for everybody out there, if you've been cheated on or something occurs, Have the courage instead of killing your partner. Although, you know, you may want to do that and you may feel that it's better just to step away from the whole situation and not allow those emotions to get the better of you because you will go through it. You probably feel some rage It's going to hurt you in every way possible and think that your complete life is over. But there's somebody better for you.
0: Yeah, your life will be over, however, if you kill that person and then you end up in jail because... That is the true end to your life and everything you know. It doesn't make sense if you're getting cheated on. Yeah, walk away. Hell, run. Run because there's somebody better for you that deserves you and you deserving of a better partner. It doesn't make sense to sit there and, and plot murder or have murderous intentions because you're being wronged. Because then you're getting screwed over twice because not only... Is your significant other having the affair and screwing you over the first time? You're getting screwed over by doing jail time after you murder that person. So it's not really worth it. You're throwing away your life for somebody who literally is stepping out on you.
1: One more cool fact to let, let you guys know. The location of the killing was also where Clara and David married on Valentine's Day in 1992.
0: Tragic. That's messed up that he bought his brought his mistress to that location that's wow
1: i mean that's you know i'm sure because he they had he had an affair obviously within their hometown so yeah
0: all right i've got an old timey one for you because i love these old-timey murders yvonne chevalier in the late 1940s yvonne chevalier found herself in a completely unhappy marriage with her husband pierre despite having several years and two sons together pierre found frequently. I'm sorry, Pierre would frequently leave Yvonne and the boys in Orleans, France, and spend months without them in Paris. Reportedly, he no longer loved Yvonne and even told her, in quotations, this is him saying this, you disgust me. What a jackass. (laughs) What a jackass. He actually said that to his wife, you disgust me. In 1951, Yvonne received an anonymous letter that stated her husband had been having an affair. She attempted to confront her husband in Paris about it, but he refused to see her and had sent her back to New Orleans. I'm sorry, to Orleans. I want to say New Orleans so bad when I see this. That's so funny. She was able to find out that it was their neighbor, Jeanette, and after an altercation with her that went nowhere, came up with one final plan to attempt to save her marriage. When Pierre was home in August, Yvonne aimed a handgun on herself and insisted that if Pierre were to leave her, she'd kill herself. Her husband laughed and only requested that she wait until he left the room. Oh my gosh. I had to pause for a minute because (laughs) I want to yell into this microphone right now. Can you believe that shit? He told her to wait until he left the room. This guy's a jackass and she wants to kill herself over him. What a douche. So Yvonne turned the gun on him and shot him four times. After making sure her children were with the maid, she came back to the body and shot him again in the back to make sure it was over, and then called the police and calmly waited for their arrival. She was found, get ready for this, get ready,
1: okay.
0: not guilty of murder and lived out her days in French, New Guyana with her sons.
1: Wow.
0: <laughs> Gotta love the justice system. That's a fucking crazy. Not guilty.
1: That's insane. I mean, I can't imagine just being able to basically off your spouse and then being able to live without any repercussion at all. She must have had some kind of connection with somebody there or the jury pool knew her. Is definitely
0: Well, this is this is back in the 1940s. Keep that in mind as well.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, that's completely different from today's Sanders where the justice system is complete opposite, but I'm trying to look up some details about some of that information, and there's just so much on this particular story and what occurred or what happened. Pretty much, what all we're talking about there is is all that you can find in in a brief summary.
0: Yeah, there's not much when it's old timeies. That's why I kept it short because yeah, I couldn't dig much information on this either. Um, I just found it amazing that she walked away without a conviction. And her husband was a douche, but he didn't deserve to, I don't feel like anybody deserves to die. She should have walked away and found somebody way better. I'm sure she was an amazing woman up until the point where she did this. I mean, what a douche.
1: But it does look like she did travel to go to South America, French Guyana, which is that's pretty interesting. That's a whole other area of the world versus the European area. So I'm surprised she made it to that far. I guess it just she couldn't take it. She couldn't uh live in the area with family, friends and all that. So that's that's very interesting. I mean it's a very it's a huge change. Well maybe not for the nineteen forties for going into the South America French kind area.
0: Um, If you guys haven't already, get a cup of coffee because you know this is story time so you got to get cozy and you got to listen to these stories and there is a big finale point at the end of this which I can't wait to discuss. We got a really good one. The next name we're going to be discussing that Teddy's going to discuss actually. This is your case.
1: Oh, the next one will be uh, Amelia Carr. That's going to be Pretty interesting. We'll see what that looks like here. So in two thousand eight, Amelia Carr was engaged to marry Joshua Damon Fulgham, uh who a month later uh turned around and married Heather Strong.
0: Wow. Unbelievable. Wow.
1: And despite the drastic change of plans, the three remain civil and Amelia even babysit Heather's kids for her. Oh, hell no. Man, that, oh, Lord. A year later, however, Joshua and Heather's marriage was not a good one, and she began seeing another man. While he started to see uh, Amelia again, Joshua and Heather were also locked in a nasty custody battle for their children after the two filed for divorce. In February of 2009, Heather went missing. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, man, here it goes. Yep. Her remains were later found in a shallow grave a month later. After undercover audio where Amelia discussed her crimes with her sister was recovered, Amelia was arrested and charged with kidnapping and murder. Who would have thought? The other woman, huh? (laughs) That fateful day in February, Amelia had tricked Heather into a storage unit on their property. duct taped her to a chair and... Affiliated her with a plastic bag. Affiliated ba- her with a plastic bag. Thank you. After <laughs> being unable to break her neck,
0: that's crazy.
1: Mm. She was convicted of first degree murder and sentenced to death. She is currently one of five women on death row uh, in the state of Florida.
0: Oh wow! I thought we had. I thought we had more than that. R- really? Yeah. I mean. I thought we had more than that, but this is back in 2009. So maybe we do, as of 2023, have more than that.
1: Well, during that time period, anything that's related to death penalty was was very, very harsh. And we were trying as a country to move away from it. And there was only one main state, which is like Texas, that was really still even up to today part of uh, death penalty. Oh, yeah. So uh, a lot of states have moved away from it. That was a pretty, you know, significant ruling at that time. So as of currently right now, as of May 19th, 2017, Amelia Carr was resentenced to life without parole. So she's no longer on death row. But that was her initial sentence in the beginning.
0: I'm glad she's not getting out, though. I mean, she definitely doesn't deserve to get out. So she should stay there forever.
1: I mean it's it's pretty well there's there's so much detail about her and her IQ is to be at 125 whether that's really good or not I believe that's pretty good
0: That's good yeah that's actually amazing but usually you know majority of serial killers and murderers have a really high IQ <laughs> just so you know
1: I mean it, it it really is um she's actually one of the youngest Girls on death row in the state of Florida, believe it or not, as well.
0: Well, she was. She
1: was. She was. But those are some pretty cool facts about her. It's just amazing that she's still around at this time, and and we're talking about her 2023.
0: I'm really glad that, again, she's still locked away, because I feel like the justice system did their job, at least, on that. Because there's a lot of cases that we've read about or heard about that, you know, unfortunately... Somebody gets murdered, doesn't get convicted, or gets convicted, it's a slap on the wrist, and then they walk, and they get to live their life while they took the life of somebody else. So, justice served on her behalf, I feel. The next uh, person we're going to be talking about is Shawna Nelson.
1: Shawna Nelson had been involved in a three-year affair with Ignacio Garris, who was married to Heather Garris, though Shawna and Ignacio had a child together he was still married to another woman and decided to call off the affair. Overcome with jealousy, Shawna confronted, confronted Heather in the parking lot of a credit union where Heather worked. Witnesses saw an assailant dressed as dressed in a all-black force Heather to the ground and yell, "You ruined my life!" before shooting her twice, execution style. As Ignacio was a police officer, it didn't take long before the fingers were pointing at Shauna. Police officer found that Shana's shoes less than were less than 700 uh, feet from the scene of the crime. Gunshot residue on both of them, her clothes, and a mask in her truck, and had statements from over 40 witnesses. Damn, that's crazy. That's,
0: that's a lot of people.
1: That's quite a bit. So despite maintaining her innocence, Sean Nelson was sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole in March of 2008.
0: She didn't even plan this good. I hate to say that, but like, I'm glad that she's spending life in prison. But to commit the murder is one thing. And then her planning, like, what the hell was that? Like, you're doing that in front of all these people. And did she actually think she was going to get away with it?
1: That is just, it's insane. I mean, it's twisted. Um, there's so much actually about Shana Nelson, and some of you may have re- recalled her name. And the reason why I say that, she actually uh, starred in one of the episodes in Snapped. And those of you who maybe seen or watched those shows before on Snapped, um
0: me (laughs) and it's
1: you not me
0: i remember Uh, that name i was like i sounded familiar now now it's ringing a bell and now i'm putting two and two together i completely remember that episode now
1: those of you that may want to watch that particular episode it's on season six of episode 25 on snapped uh there's quite a bit to it obviously we we mentioned that ken nelson um that was uh Sean nelson's husband. Um, which was a sheriff's deputy in Colorado, Will County, Colorado. I mean, that's, that's crazy. That's that crazy. I mean, she's life without parole. And again, with us, as of 2008, Heather Garris, what happened to, what happened to her? So Heather Garris, which is the, the other woman, you know, obviously was murdered and, she was just leaving her job right out of credit union.
0: Holy moly. That's really sad. That's really sad. Now, you can't talk about crimes of passion without talking about... Da, 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 Amy Fisher, the Long Island Lolita. I know most of you have probably recognized that name. That's one of the most infamous names. There's a couple of movies out there. I think I've seen seen them all. So in 1992, when Amy was 17, she met Joey Botafuco at the New York auto shop where he worked. She had wrecked her parents' car and pleaded with then the 35-old to keep the damage a secret. The two of them became involved in an affair despite their age difference and Joey's marriage to Mary Joe Botafuco. In May of that same year, Amy had a friend drive her to the Botafuco's house with the intent of confronting Mary Jo about the affair. When Mary Jo wouldn't listen and turned away, Amy shot her in the head and left. But miraculously, Mary Jo survived and was able to ID Amy as the perpetrator. Badass bitch move, she survived. (laughs) She survived. In September, Amy was convicted of first-degree attempted murder and sentenced to 5 to 15 years in prison. She ended up serving seven years and was released in 1999. She became a columnist for the Long Island Press before joining the adult entertainment industry as a pornographic actress in 2007. Mary Jo made a full recovery, had extensive plastic surgery to her face, divorced Joey, remarried, and was featured guests on Oprah talking about the experience. Really glad she survived. Really glad she divorced that douchebag Joey because he was just, he was having an affair with a really young girl, a minor, if I'm not mistaken, correct? She was 17?
1: Yeah, she was 17 at the time. I mean, it's just, it was one of the most talked about...
0: In the 90s, in the 90s yeah. these
1: murders. I mean, it was just... It's crazy. Uh, There
0: were so many movies on it, too.
1: I mean, I remember there wasn't a a step or a place you can go to without hearing Joey uh, Butafuco's name. I mean, that is, it's just, it was like a household name because of all the crap that was going on between Amy Fisher and him.
0: I don't understand why he didn't do any jail time because he was having sex with a minor. 35-year-olds should not be having sex with a 17-year-old kid. That is a child.
1: I, I agree, but, you know, who knows? I mean, like, even today's standards, younger girls like older guys. is freaking insane. It, does, it blows my mind. I don't get it. And then the same thing with older women, younger guys. Same thing. It doesn't matter. I guess it's a, a a way of keeping up with their own, I'm not getting old, I'm okay type thing. But I wanted to give you guys some cool facts, though, just to kind of throw this out there. Did you think that Mary Joe ever forgave... Amy Fisher?
0: Yes.
1: She actually did. Yeah. Yep. She did.
0: Bad I, ass
1: bitch. That's why. I mean, that's that's insane. I, I, I mean, I guess she could have because she exposed a lot and, uh, you know, with with her husband, Joey, now, you know, knowing that what he has done. So that's a plus. But did you know that even after Amy Fisher came out as well, crazy enough, she's now the owner of an adult webcam site. And, and has a house in Florida. I don't know what's wow. going on with Florida.
0: Florida. Stay away. We're, we're never going over there
1: again. I guess all the psychos decided to live over here in Florida.
0: There's a lot of freaking murderers in Florida. Everything that we have read about when we were researching this episode, there were so many murderers in Florida. I'm sure they're all over the world, but just known cases were in Florida.
1: That. It's just insane, man. I just I don't, I, I don't get it. But I'm just throwing that out there. There's a lot that all of you guys have probably already read, seen. is obviously on snapped as well. Um, and there's
0: lots of movies. Just Google it; you'll find one out of the dozen. I think I've seen about three different ones um, back in the days.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So just wanted to give you guys some type of context about it. Just a, just an insane insane story uh, especially being that young why the hell i don't get it man guys be better do better as do better
0: yeah be better do better what baby look you learn from me yep. so damn cute right now I'm gonna stop this podcast real quick <laughs> you did this really cute thing with your lips Anytime I make you nervous, and it's been 25 years, and I still make you nervous, and I see it, and it makes me want to kiss you. You know, mm-hmm. made me take off my, my headset and go kiss you. <laughs> All right, so what we have been building this whole episode for, we have been warming up the engine, as my husband likes to say, you know? The foreplay before the finale, right, Teddy?
1: Yep, exactly. Here we go.
0: (laughs) 20 Differences Between Love and Obsession
1: Number one, they move fast in a relationship. When someone falls in love, they allow the relationship to bloom and flourish on its own pace. They will not rush to make it official, as they would want to see the relationship develop. But someone obsessed with you will be afraid of losing you and insists on making your relationship official. Such behavior doesn't constitute devotion and only shows their need to latch onto you.
0: Like a leech.
1: Ugh. That's... Uh, okay.
0: What'd you talk about, boo? That's you in high school.
1: <laughs> yep,
0: That was you.
1: Okay, flashbacks.
0: <laughs> you moved really fast. But that was okay. I'm at your pace. I think we we're both equally obsessed with each other, but not to the point of murder. We're just in love. Young yeah. love. I, it hasn't changed, has it?
1: No, you were quiet, psycho.
0: I was psycho. I mm-hmm. I was quiet, quiet. I'm not quiet no more because we married. But I was quiet back then. I was not psycho. You were psycho.
1: Yeah.
0: Can't sure count was. how many fights you got in at school. Do not condone violence. <laughs> so yeah, um, that doesn't mean. When people move fast in a relationship, we do understand everyone has their own pace. And some people, especially I feel like the older you get, you wanna move things along more quickly because life is short. You wanna live it up with somebody that you can get along with, you know, eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner with, someone you can spend your life with. I think when certain people get to a certain age, they want that security they want that love they want that commitment so they might tend to move faster but when we talk about moving fast in a relationship it's just like instead of letting it blossom and flourish as most relationships go through milestones because i know we did you know your first i love you's your first kiss everything is more at a slower pace when it's your first this tends to just be all at once and they just want to Keep you. Keep you under their thumb. So the whole point of not losing you is making it official ASAP, getting married ASAP, you know, doing everything jointly ASAP. Those are the red flags that you need to watch out for if you're in a relationship and you see somebody moving too fast. You need to be like, whoa, 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 you know? Slow your roll. (laughs) And you need to just pace yourself. Pace yourself because although life is short, You should not rush when it comes to relationships. You should pace yourself and enjoy every second with that person. Number two, they constantly do things for you. When in love, it is a natural thing for your partner to pamper you and make you feel special occasionally. I know Teddy does with me. I'm always pampered up to this day. But when love becomes an obsession, your partner may constantly pamper you with gifts and surprises to keep you happy in a way that makes it difficult for you to abandon them. The supposed acts of love, they're more like a bribe to keep you hooked in a relationship. Which is not a real relationship. Don't get me wrong. I love your gifts, Teddy. But if that's all this was about, then I would say no, you know? And not everyone that's... Also, we talked about love languages in another episode that we did. That's not everyone's love language. Like I know gifts are not my love language. So if you were ever trying to bribe me, that that shit would not work. <laughs> that would not work with me.
1: Yeah, I guess that's a, that's a thing. But then again, you know, guys that listen to this, do you not buy your your wife's girlfriends or person of special interest flowers or chocolates or things like that? Maybe we should get rid of all the different love uh, holidays altogether.
0: No, that's not <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. I I'm should just, get
1: rid of Valentine's Day. Uh,
0: no, I, Valentine's Day is my favorite let's holiday. Get
1: rid of, let's get rid of Christmas. We okay. do need gifts.
0: Someone wants to get murdered today.
1: <laughs> don't do anything on birthdays. still need to do that.
0: Oh, Teddy. All I need is your... Endless affection. What about
1: I'm... anniversaries? Forget anniversaries.
0: You you really want to sleep on the couch tonight, <laughs> don't you? <laughs>
1: well, now that we're past that point of constantly doing things for you, that can go both ways. It just depends on the person. You guys got to feel each other out. You know, this is the person that you trust in a, in a way that you normally don't trust other individuals. So it's going to vary. And and depends on, the, again, your length of relationship, where you're at in relationship. All that makes a difference from how fast they move in a relationship to the things they constantly do to you, do with you or for you. Next one, number three, they seek frequent validation. It is normal for a partner to want to know uh, what you're feeling about them. But if your partner often asks, what, uh, asks you what you think about them and seeks validation from you, it shows the obsessive love tendency. Oh my God! Before I continue, every single woman out there, do I look good in this dress? Do I look good in this these pants? These clothes? Do Ooh. I look fat?
0: One thousand emails. I... I guarantee you by the end of oh, this yeah. episode, one thousand emails so, you're gonna get. You better be careful. I don't
1: know if I'm gonna agree with this list because mm-hmm. this is gonna get a lot of people in trouble. I know I'm gonna get in trouble.
0: You're you're in a lot of trouble. You're in hot water right now, Teddy.
1: <laughs> you didn't notice my makeup.
0: <laughs> oh my God! You didn't
1: notice my hair is being done. <laughs>
0: Well, men need to pay more attention.
1: But you don't need frequent validation. It says, "Look, this
0: right. was a study that we got online." Okay.
1: Okay. These are for all the independent people, I guess. It could be because they have been hurt in love before and see you as a prized possession. That has been that has to be protected at all costs. That sounds like a lot of men, um, but they seek. Frequent validation to ensure that their place in your life is secure as well. So that's that's part of it.
0: Okay, so like with the validation, I do seek validation from you all the time. And it's not just about my parents. For me, I want to constantly make sure you're happy, whether it's with the food I cook, the massages I give, the, the stuff I buy you. Holy shit, I'm starting to sound like this list. Am I the obsessive one?
1: (laughs) I don't know, but I'm going to call out bullshit. Because I can tell you can go out there without makeup, without any kind of fancy clothes. And it doesn't matter to me. But yet, you still seek validation.
0: I do from you. But also, I also do it from me. And I think a lot of women who put on makeup, because I'm a big makeup person, and like their nails done and clothes... We have to do that for ourselves because you know self-love baby you do self-love too you are so boot you're more bougier than me
1: i mean i've got to take care of myself because you take care of yourself and i'm sure you don't want somebody just gonna be here and not take care of their body or their their mental state of mind
0: yeah i mean self-love is important all of you guys out there make sure you love yourselves and you pamper yourselves whether you know, it's physically, mentally, emotionally, you need to pamper yourself. Go get a new outfit, go get your nails did, go get your hair done, you know, clean shave if you're a dude. Yeah, all that good stuff. Number four, they display extreme possessiveness. Initially, you might find it endearing to see your partner go green with envy whenever they see you with another person. A little possessiveness is a part of love. But if your partner starts snooping on you, checks your phone, and gets angry when you speak to another person, it shows their over-possessiveness. They are so afraid of losing you that they consider every other person a competition. That's an obsession, not a love.
1: Okay, so let's get to this. Gentlemen, you see a lot of probably a lot of TikToks, a lot of Instagram, maybe Facebook Reels about leaving your phone out, and then your woman goes through with them. I don't know if a woman's writing this to kind of throw this out there. I, I'm not trying to be sexist. I'm just saying. Just throwing it out Another there.
0: Another hundred emails. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, you dig in a grave here today,
1: Teddy. I'm just going to say it because dudes are probably thinking of it if you're listening to this episode today. I mean, that's crazy. There is no little possessiveness. It's a matter of trust, and if you got nothing to hide, we're going to check your stuff. There's no point of you having a relationship and not being open in your relationship to not being secretive or private or saying you're going through my things.
0: You got to keep in mind, though, we've been together 25 years. There's a lot of people that just started dating. And these are the red flags. I feel like this is a big red freaking flag if you are just new in a relationship. Because that's like a no. That's like a deal breaker.
1: If you've been in a relationship for under a year... There's a certain time point, time period in your relationship that you should be comfortable enough and not being able to hide anything. Um, if you're a very uh, open, trustworthy person, you've got nothing to hide. You're not playing any other games. You're not flirting behind your significant other's back. There's nothing that you need to worry about. This shouldn't be a problem.
0: No.
1: However, there are a lot of folks out there that, you know, Goes, there's a lot of variations. Maybe having separate bank accounts, uh, so there's the transactions can't be tracked for what they're doing, to having information again, with text but messaging. New emails. relationships
0: should yes, not go through this. I understand. The new this is somebody that's been like, if you've been married like us or in a relationship for many years, like we have, then like, I feel like when you become married, literally, you're one. So... And that doesn't mean bank accounts have to be one because a lot of people don't do that. We're different. We're just, I mean, we're, we're different.
1: I'm just old school, I guess. Very old school.
0: <laughs> Very old school. Very old school because you're about to get our email box flooded. I mean, that's happened before with shit you said on here. So I kind of I gotta correct you, Teddy. But like, no, like, I feel like if you were married forever, like we have been, it's different. Like, everything should be one. You can text. Tech- check my text messages you can check my voicemail you can do whatever you're my husband i've got nothing to hide obviously so that's a little bit different this is like red flags in the beginning of a relationship i feel if you were like this in the beginning of a relationship i would have been like okay okay we we can be friends (laughs) from a distance
1: yeah well in this day and age everything is a little weird especially with social media phones, technology we didn't have a whole lot of that well, we're not I, that I old. Think, I think I'm gonna date myself, but
0: Mm-mm, we're not that old. You might like, that old. I'm
1: not old. <laughs> okay. So next one, number five, they insist on keeping in contact almost all the time. So it's cute when your partner sticks you with, sticks with you in the beginning of a relationship. But what if your your partner wants to maintain constant chat sessions even after months of dating? Hmm. That constant need to be around or text or call is an obsession because it shows that they think about you all day long. Such a kind of attachment is unhealthy for both partners.
0: Damn, I feel like we're both falling under all these categories of obsessive Are we obsessed with each other to that point? Holy shit.
1: I don't know. I mean, I guess it, it can be a form of obsession. Uh, but again, you know, everybody's a little different. I mean... These are folks that you got, you got different types of relationship. Those that are more um, don't care what your partner does. You want to do your own thing with your friends and family, and they want to do their own things with their friends and their family. Um, those are folks out there that they want to have their own alone time and, and be alone away from their partner. So they separate the relationship and their family for their own personal time. Personally, I don't care for that. I don't I don't do that. I think that's...
0: We don't do that.
1: I think that's a... Uh, I think it gives you room for other issues to occur sometimes. Not all the time. But again, with some folks, that may be what they need to be on a, health, a healthy mental state as well.
0: I mean, we're just... We're fucking weirdos. We have to breathe each other. Literally, we're in our pod lab right now. I'm practically sitting on Teddy's lap podcasting. We are not... <laughs> We're literally always together. We have to breathe each other, except when it's work time. But we love each other too much. This, I don't know, this is an obsessive nature of ours, I guess, but it's obsession with one another. This is healthy for us, though. Do we need a break, Teddy? Are we supposed to, like, do we need to, like, I I can't get away from you.
1: No, I don't don't think so. I mean, if there was, I'm sure one of us would tell each other, but... I never had a need for it.
0: This list has got me scratching my head. Like, holy shit, are we obsessive with each other? Because it sounds like it
1: could be. Who knows? I mean, again, everything is different. We learn a lot from our relationships that we see from the people that mean the most to us in our family. Family, excuse me, and that can that can mean anything. Could be good, bad, or Looking to change and do things differently than what you've experienced in in your own parents' relationships and or those that are very very close to you.
0: Speaking of family, I love your family by the way. The other night, um, I went to go to his family's house. He was sleeping, and that was I think that's the first time in a long time that you were home. And I was just like, I'm stepping out now with the kids. I went with the kids to his family's house, and I hung out over there. It was so much fun. I love his family. Okay, so number six, they control every aspect of your life. It is okay for a couple to seek each other's opinions and advice on various matters. But if your partner is the sole decision maker and decides everything for you, it indicates their obsessive behavior. That's that love, and they want to control you and your life. I know you're going to say something about this shit. <laughs> I'm just waiting for it.
1: Again, uh, it's... Yes, that, that is true, depending on what it is and the decision that you're making on. But there are a lot of decisions as a couple you have to make and you have to include. Like, obviously, you you may be purchasing a car. You may be purchasing a home. You may have some just bigger life purchases that will financially impact the both of you, not just one of you. And it'll change some things around on your spending habits for the month, the week, The year,
0: but you should discuss it with your partner. Basically, this is saying that that person is a sole decision maker, that means they're making every decision, every choice.
1: You should always include your partner no matter what in every decision that you do. You don't have there's some things obviously you're not going to include them on decisions on, like what you want to eat, what are you going to watch, what are you going to drink. But if that person is going to control (laughs) you to the point where they're going to ask you or dictate everything you want to eat drink and etc maybe some people like that they like that they want their partners to take control into certain situations
0: yeah you're talking about me at that point point.
1: and then it's it gets it can get weird it can get crazy <laughs>
0: yeah, like what you, you know, say like, weird
1: <laughs> you don't know like what the hell like once the so one portion your partner may like why don't you take more control and then the next portion you're dealing but like you're too controlling So then you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. What do you do?
0: That doesn't include me. I know you're not talking about me. Anytime we go out to eat, I hate ordering. I hate having to make decisions. I love when Teddy makes a decision for me. So like when he's just like, what do you want to eat? I'm like, you tell me. Because I am not picky. I'm not a picky eater when we go out. I'm just like, choose for me. I will eat whatever you say I should get.
1: Nope, I just order and I give you my food and then I'll take your food. That's pretty much it.
0: No, I think we have that backwards. Usually you order for me and then I see what you're eating and I want what you're eating. And I have to eat your food and you have to eat my food. Not a choice.
1: <laughs> yep. It's crazy. So number seven, they demand to know your whereabouts. Call it love and care when you're working late and your partner calls to check on you. But if they call you frequently, even when they know you're out with your friends, it is an obsession. I'm going to stop right there real quick. (laughs) I knew it. Because that is not an obsession. That's a little bit of an insecurity. They may not like your friends. Your friends may display some segment of a portion that they're not comfortable with. They're not going to tell you that because they don't want to hurt you or make you feel weird in some way. But at the same time. Yeah, you know, your friends may be untrustworthy. Sometimes your friends aren't in your partner's best interest, in your best interest, or what they think it is. And that's not good for the relationship.
0: Well, thank goodness my besties are my sister-in-laws. <laughs> so, no worries on your behalf.
1: It's true. But, okay. Come uh, They want to keep a tab <laughs> on you and even feel upset when you fail to answer them. They check on you more out, more out of addiction and less out of care. So, yeah, that can that can be, you know, like an obsessive thing like, OK, when you're coming home, when you come home, check on you all the time or the sense that, you know, they just want you there. They're alone. They don't have anything to do. So you shouldn't have anything to do. <laughs> I mean, it could be a lot of different things when when we were reading about this particular paragraph. But um, just uh FYI, if you don't like it, join, include yourself in that that outing. I bet you that a lot of things will change from there.
0: Facts, facts. Number eight, they cannot stop thinking about you. It is normal for a partner to ask you how was your day and express their fondness for you and how much they miss you. But if they start thinking about you the whole day, wondering where you are and what you are doing, It means they're obsessed with you. I don't, I can't really agree with that one.
1: I guess this is somebody that just is a complete, complete, um, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I don't, I wouldn't see this as obsessive. I think it's more of, man, that's awesome that you're thinking about me.
0: Maybe we're the the problem though.
1: It's just really, really hard to think about anything else.
0: Maybe we're the problem, Teddy. Maybe it's us that's the problem and why we have, uh, (laughs) I don't know. I think we're we're the problem. We're the obsessive people we're talking about on this list.
1: Number nine, they stalk you online and even in real life. If your partner ever appears outside your office without informing you, it means they love you and they like to surprise you. But if your partner often visits your office unannounced and even frequents the place to keep an <laughs> eye on weird. you, they are obsessed with you. They might even stalk you online and get angry when someone from another, from the other sex likes or comments on your pictures or posts. Hmm. Well?
0: <laughs> I have no words right now. Well, you can't get upset about the social media stuff due to the fact that all our social medias are linked we literally there's nothing that i see that you don't see so for all of you out there trying to shoot your shot teddy reads everything and same for you gals who love teddy we read everything we share everything so this is not an issue for us with the whole social media now showing up to the whole job i do like to show up to your job quite a bit throughout the years but yeah that's just me being a supportive wife holy crap am i the obsessive one <laughs> I bring food and everything. Moving on. Oh Lord, have mercy. I think I think this is me, babe. Babe, you need to watch out.
1: Yep, because it'd be the next snap show coming up.
0: Oh Lord, have mercy. Number ten, they may not share your happiness. Suppose you ask to visit another city to give a speech and receive an award. A loving partner will be happy and encourage you to give your best speech ever. On the other hand, an obsessive partner will be less concerned about your speech and more worried, thinking you might meet someone in fond love. They might even insist on accompanying you on your official trips. Hmm. Hmm.
1: I haven't really had that happen to you directly, I mean.
0: Because I don't go nowhere.
1: I mean, there's a lot. I remember, yeah, I had to travel quite a bit, but...
0: You traveled. I don't travel. You travel for work. And your job is dangerous, so I can't come with you, but... I have never traveled for work.
1: There's a lot of places that you couldn't go to, unfortunately.
0: This doesn't apply to us then. This I was always sharing your happiness.
1: Alright, at the home stretch, number eleven. They refrain from sharing genuine options. Or opinions, excuse me, not options. Good god, why am I saying options?
0: You think you have options? You got another thing coming. <laughs> I am your only option, Teddy, just me.
1: Opinions. Which I know you have a lot of.
0: Oh, Ted, I'm gonna
1: beat
0: you. <laughs> Spouse abuse right over here. I'm gonna beat you.
1: So, when in love, partners are not afraid of speaking their minds and sharing opinions. But a partner obsessed with you will only tell you things that will please you. <laughs> Shut up. They will even sugarcoat opinions to make you happy. <laughs> oh, Honestly, honesty is one of the foundation stones of a relationship. If that's if that is missing, then your relationship is far from ideal.
0: You're an asshole. So, <laughs> you're such an asshole.
1: So <laughs> the guys will know why oh, I'm laughing, God. and the women will be thinking to themselves, "Okay, I know why he's laughing too." Oh lord! You know, gentlemen, you cannot be hundred ten percent honest in a lot of things, because if you do. God help you. You will be and you will be part of Snapped and you won't be the one narrating it narrating it at all. It would be your spouse.
0: Yep, yep. I'm I'm not gonna I have no opinions on this one. You jerk. Oh my god. Okay, number twelve. They guilt trip you for their benefit. It is normal of people to break up when they realize they are not compatible as a couple. But an obsessive lover does not know how to handle rejection. Tell them you want to break from them, and they will throw a fit. Ask them to break up with you, and they will threaten you, saying they'll harm themselves if you ever decide to leave them. It is not easy to escape their obsessive love. Don't walk, ladies and gents. Run. If this is you, if your relationship is showing any signs of what I just read, run away.
1: I agree. I agree. Number 13, they promise to change their behavior. If you tell your obsessive partner you are tired of their behavior, they might probably promise to change themselves. They will swear to give up obsessing over you and might even keep their words for some time to keep the, keep you from leaving But eventually, they might get back to their old ways. I mean, these all go hand in hand. They're so close to just general relationship issues. I think
0: we're blurring the lines, too, of love and obsession with our own relationship. I'm getting kind of scared reading half of these things here. I'm like, holy shit, is this us?
1: I mean, it could be. I mean, whoever is writing this or or created this article. um
0: I pulled things from various websites and I kind of made this list myself so okay well then just various things i just put together
1: this is just weird
0: (laughs) it didn't seem weird when i was doing it but now reading it all put together i'm just like holy crap is this us are we the are we the problem teddy
1: who knows maybe we're the wrong people to give advice right
0: now holy shit we might be (laughs) all in all though i i love your love for me and I hope you could say the same. I don't think it's total obsession. I mean, I want you to be a little obsessed with me. I think I'm I'm worth always fighting for.
1: I don't know. I guess if you're putting somebody together, there's a little bit of psycho. There's a little obsession. There's a little bit of love. There's a little bit of everything.
0: You just named a Latina. Yep. <laughs> Sugar and spice
1: makes everything nice.
0: Hell yeah. <laughs> Number 14. They neglect their family and friends for you. When someone gets into a romantic relationship, it is natural for them to focus on it and temporarily ignore people who matter to them. Such a behavior lasts for some time and then gets back to normal, but it does not happen with an obsessive partner. They start ignoring people close to them to focus on you and never really get back to them. Slowly, they lose all their friends and even limit interaction with their family as their focus on you is what matters. Losing oneself for their partner is an obsession and not a love.
1: So that can be so many different individuals. But at the same time, this depends on your partner. Sometimes some individual reflect and are so concerned with their family, they put their families, their opinions, and their logic before their own personal relationship. So that can be toxic to your own personal relationship at the same time um you have to learn how to balance that that is something that you don't want to neglect your friends your family uh nor your partner you you it's a constant constant thing to try to balance everyone's relationship out never ignore your family never ignore your partner they are all equally important uh your friends yes you're going to have that uh relationship with your friends but your friends should never be above your family and your spouse uh, and other family members. The family members and your spouses and all are more blood-related than anybody else. Sometimes friends can go further than family. We understand that. But at the same time, the people that most matters to you are the ones that you have a per, a different level of connection with than just uh, just a general individual. So... Number 15, they stop you from spending time with your loved ones. So if your partner truly loves you, they will never refrain from you meeting your loved ones. They do not feel threatened if you choose to spend time with your friends and family over them. But the one who obsesses over you is suspicious and wants you to be with them all the time. They will forbid you from meeting your family and friends and instead make plans to spend time with them. So <clears throat> this kind of goes hand in hand with uh, number 14, neglecting their family. Again, I, I would say you want to spend time with your family and friends. I would include your significant other with you with that at time to time. They all, everyone should have a very healthy, robust relationship. No one should be left out. And your significant other should be very comfortable with being able to spend time without you with your friends or and or family members as well. If that is your circle of people or or individuals that is most important to you in your life at that time, that should not be separated from your significant other.
0: Yeah, I agree with you completely, especially with your family. You know, you got to spend time with your family. I practically pushed you out the door to spend time with yours. So, I mean, family is everything. And you should include your significant other with that, you know, if all else goes wrong. They should want you to spend time with your family because if your significant other isn't all about family, then and you're just starting. How are you going to start a family with them? I think it shows a lot. Like when I met you, Teddy, you were really big with your family. Family was first. And I love that about you. And I found that attractive. And I found out that as time went on, I mean, I knew you were a family man. So it just made sense to start a family with you. Which, I did good. (laughs) Number 16, they abuse you physically and verbally. A true love relationship has no place for physical or verbal abuse. Even if both partners disagree over something, no one uses any force to have their way. But an obsessive lover cannot stand an objection. They will want you to conform to their wishes and exert pressure to make you yield. They will justify their actions by saying that they're That either they were left with no choice or they did it for your own good. Bull freaking shit. Let you put your hands on me. Let's see what's going to happen. You better tell your sergeant. You better lock me up quick. No, ladies, gents. No one has the right to physically put their hands on you or verbally assault you. No one has that right. You are worth everything. You are better than that. And if they don't see that, your worth, which is definitely does not mean if someone loves you, abuse them. If they can't see your worth, you need to walk away.
1: Yeah, I agree. Definitely. um, You definitely don't want to abuse your partner. Don't matter who you are, what what gender orientation you are in any way, physically or verbally, it's, it's just not good. It's very toxic and it will never get you anywhere it'll always get you to the worst of the worst and bring out the worst in the both of you
0: oh you bring out the worst all right you will catch these (laughs) hands teddy
1: (laughs) number 17 they do not trust you so in love your partner trusts you wholeheartedly they know that no matter how much uh time you, you spend away from them you will always come back to them trust is absent in an obsessive relationship No matter how much you assure them through words and actions, they will not have faith in you. They will always ask you for details of your whereabouts and might even want proof.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We should not be talking. Life 360.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you have that. You have so many different uh, aspects of trusting your partner. I mean, those of you that may have slight distrust or maybe not full confidence in your partner or relationship, yeah, this, this is something that may occur. At the same time, you're doing everything you can to instill and build that confidence with your partner that it is what it is that you're doing, it is it is what you're saying, and that you have, again, nothing to hide or make them feel as comfortable as possible.
0: Yeah, open communication is so important in any marriage or relationship. So definitely talk with your partner when you're planning to go somewhere or do something. Plus, I feel like it's also a safety thing nowadays with all this trafficking that's going on. You should definitely, if you're going somewhere, let your significant other know, hey, I'm going to be here just in case, God forbid, something happens to you. Right, Teddy?
1: Yeah, that's true. At the same time, if you're ever... uh not communicating or not being able to be honest enough to, or at least courtesy enough to say, hey, this is what's going on. This is where I am. And or some of you that have a family group sharing uh, tracking program, like program like Life360, <laughs> Life mm-hmm.
0: um,
1: especially for your kids and stuff. I mean, hey, some of you like it. Some of you don't care. Some of you have a big problem with being tracked. I mean, it is all up to you. It doesn't matter. It's It's just how you and your relationship.
0: I don't mind being trapped. I feel safer when you know where I am. I mean, that's just from going through all the crap that I've been through in the many years of living here, just almost getting kidnapped a couple of times. I don't think they realize who I'm married to.
1: Nope, they sure don't. <laughs> uh,
0: number 17? No, number 18. <laughs> they are only concerned with their needs. Love is a two-way street where you and your partner ensure that your needs are fulfilled and you both are happy. But an obsessive partner is only concerned with satisfying their own needs. They do not care in the relationship if it makes you feel unease, if it makes you feel sick. All they want is control over you to have their way with you.
1: Well, um, again, that's something that it's all depending on yourselves and your partners you do you guys do all that you need to do to make those things not uh, feel a certain way I guess
0: yeah it should not be one way though if you're in a relationship it's, it's a two-way street it's not a one-way street so if you have to bend to every will of your significant others and they're not meeting your needs and you're just meeting theirs that's not a relationship. That's a form of power, control, and dominance. I think that a relationship needs to work both ways. It's a give and a take, right, Teddy?
1: It is. And those of you that have been in multiple relationships, you should know better. Not doing the same thing over and over and over again. Obviously, your last relationship failed for a reason. So you should move forward and doing better for this current one. Number 19, they put conditions on you. Okay, well... Love gives you freedom. A partner who loves you will never want to tie you down and will instead encourage you to chase your dreams and ambitions. A partner who is obsessed with you will shackle you with numerous conditions. They will hardly give you any choice and will bound you by time, place, and other elements.
0: You're bound. Mm. You're by shackles. You ain't going nowhere, buddy. (laughs) I guess
1: so. As I'm reading this, i just seen Jen smile, so that was just... (laughs)
0: try to contain my laughter it's
1: a psycho coming out of
0: her oh my gosh no it's a latina coming out of me i mean i think you give this list to most latinas they're gonna laugh it
1: sounds like more like a checklist than anything
0: yeah it really does (laughs) we're such assholes we should not be reading this list i swear number 20 they make you feel suffocated in the relationship a couple in love always has respect for each other throughout their relationship If your partner obsesses over you, you your respect for them will erode gradually and might be replaced with anger and fear. Fear is especially prominent where there is an abuse involved. You start feeling trapped and wish to see, to set free from them. Freedom!
1: I guess, again, it depends on on different aspects of it because, again, when you're in a relationship, especially the beginning or mid or whatever, um, they're expecting you to change and not be in that single mindset when they first probably initially met you. So whenever they first met you, they probably are thinking, okay, this is what you did when we were first courting each other. Can you do that again when you're out there without me? And that's probably going to be in the back of majority of folks' minds, depending no matter who you are, where you come from, your background. It's a thing of insecurity. And Some of us have that. Majority of us have it. Not a lot of us are 110% confident in all aspects of our lives.
0: Yeah, but if you develop any type of fear in your relationship, then again, that's a red flag. You should not fear your significant other. That's not love.
1: It's true. It's true. Um, Do you fear me? Yeah, I fear you more than I fear God.
0: (laughs) Teddy! Come on now.
1: (laughs) But we'll uh we'll leave it at that
0: wow somebody wants to be starred on snap <laughs> that's all it is
1: yeah that's how they got the lifetimes you know show come well they don't even know that's even on
0: anymore oh god i don't remember everything is podcast for me now on my phone so i have it i have the podcast snapped we are not condoning violence we just like to joke around and if you're in a Situation where you feel that there is violence, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, like we always say, and like we said earlier, please run, do not walk.
1: So, we have some frequently asked questions that some of you may be asking, as well as um, some answers to kind of go based upon that. Uh, We won't expand too much on it, but we'll give you some ideas and kind of talk a little bit as we get through them. So first frequently asked question is can love be one-sided or is it always an obsession? Love becomes an obsession when a person cannot think beyond their uh, object of, of affection. In one-sided love, a person may harbor affection for a person for years but still not be consumed by it in in, 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 in an unhealthy, excuse me, manner.
0: Am I making you nervous? <laughs> yeah, um one-sided love? No. It's not always obsession, but love should have two sides to it because it should come from two different people. Uh number 2, can an obsession be healthy in a relationship? Obsession of any kind is not healthy for a relationship. It can suffocate a person and erode the connection from within. I know you got something to say about this.
1: Nope, I sure don't. (laughs) I don't have anything to say about that. Uh, I'm just going to move into number three. What are the dangers of confusing obsession with love? When obsession is confused with love, a person becomes susceptible to long-term abuse, loss of individualism, and lack of space and liberty.
0: For justice for all. No.
1: (laughs) Yet they make obsessive behavior for love and put up with it without complaints well there's a thin line between love and obsession um but you don't want to confuse obsession with love and being able to create any kind of mental abuse throughout your time period together so yes you may go through a lot of things and say i'm going to put up with it because i love the person but at the same time Communicate, communicate, communicate.
0: Absolutely. Communication is key to a successful relationship. Number four, how does obsession impact the ability to have a healthy long-term relationship? Obsession causes a disbalance in a relationship as the reins of the relationship is in one person's hands. The other person is left with no freedom, which eventually affects them mentally and physically physically making it toxic for both partners. You definitely, like I said earlier, want to have a relationship that is equal, 50-50. Majority of relationships, if we have to be real, is not 50-50, correct?
1: Most of the time, yeah, because one person has more to say or deal with than another.
0: Absolutely, and sometimes there are certain days where one partner might give more than another one partner might come from work really tired not put as much attribute in the marriage or the relationship as the other and vice versa it, it's a back and forth thing but the whole point is in a relationship is that both of you are equally trying as days weeks months years go by and that you never stop trying Equally, in that partnership, because that's what it's about. It is a partnership when you are married or in a long-term committed relationship.
1: I agree. To just add a little bit to that, I'm just going to quickly say, women want a daily piece to make sure that you're working at it every single day. Men just want to come in and want to just have it just be. Men probably put less emphasis and work through it where women want to see the work work through it
0: that well said sense. yeah that makes sense to me because that's exactly what i want so why can't you do it
1: yep. so <laughs> number five is it possible for an obsession to develop after years of being in a loving relationship obsessive love is not identified as a medical condition it should be however obsession could be an indicator of an underlying mental issue it is possible that a sudden mental alim- uh, ele-
0: uh,
1: ailment, ailment okay. excuse me, uh, could make the person obsessive about their partner years after being in a relationship.
0: Well, shit, after you got this good looking, you've always been good looking. But after working out and damn, Teddy, like, you know, you age like wine. So if I'm a little obsessed, hey, do you blame me? I'm sure half the ladies on that see you on TikTok don't blame me. You look good.
1: No, I know. Nope, nope. Not you do. do it all.
0: So I have a reason to be obsessed. No, just playing. I am not obsessed. I I love you. I love you, and I know what I have. That's the difference with me and obsession. Why are you looking at me like that? Don't put that face.
1: Dope. Just read number six.
0: <laughs> oh my god can obsession in a relationship ever be considered a positive thing no obsession of any kind is not good let alone obsession in love or relationship
1: well that's a short one can obsession in relationship can never be considered a positive thing well it says no but with some folks again it just varies that depends on your the what you've experienced in your childhood growing up seeing and and what's normal to you, and what's not.
0: Cultures are also different. Like your culture is way different than mine.
1: Yes. It and I is. I mean,
0: I think a lot of times too, if you're dating outside of your nationality, um, you might not understand that culture because you weren't raised like that or have those type of values that other cultures carry. Which I understood that right away though when we started dating and I understood where I guess the the respect because you know a lot of times like with dressing and your culture it's more of a respect thing you know and i got that at a very young age
1: yeah um with majority of cultures outside the u.s um for example like middle east asian cultures it's very very reserved is very um uh not revealing it in some aspects is all about respect for yourself and respect for others and respect for your your spouse and your family. Where in a lot of cultures where it's free and it's physically available, like in the South American culture, a lot of like Brazil, Venezuela, Colombia, the islands is very open, very free. Um, you express yourself through your body and your clothing and wearing. Because it's it's known to, you want to feel, in American culture too, want to feel feel and, and look sexy a certain way. Does that hurt anything? No, absolutely not. It just depends on you. Your expression is who you are. And that's why we have so many styles and lifestyle changes and different types of uh, seasonal pieces that we go through every single year here throughout the world.
0: I love that about us, though, that we're so different. Because, you know, you're Guyanese, I'm Puerto Rican. We are two different nationalities, two different religions, and we came together and we were able to compromise, which in a relationship I think a lot of people have a really hard time doing that. But we did it. We were able to compromise and find a balance for the both of us to meet both of our needs where we felt comfortable with everything, you know, that was different regarding us as individuals now that we're a union.
1: <laughs> yep, I agree. So we're not saying all obsessive behaviors lead the murder. However, if a person is obsessed with you, anything is possible. Be on be on the lookout for personality, tell uh telltale signs. Tell tell signs. The ones that we listed. That, especially ones that we listed, yep. So if you see red flags uh at the beginning of a relationship, it's time to walk away.
0: Hell, like I said earlier, don't walk, run. And all jokes aside, I know that Teddy and I could be quite, uh, I don't know, we like to joke a lot, right? Yeah, I agree. We we joke on this podcast. We like to have fun because I married my bestie. This is my bestie right here. All jokes aside, we are not obsessed with one another. We're just in love. And after 25 years, we don't just have a marriage, we genuinely have a friendship. I could tell Teddy anything, he could tell me anything, and we joke around all the time at each other, but I know we were kind of being like assholes today on the pod. We
1: were. uh, We were. I mean, just being truthful to some extent.
0: Well, we like to have fun, though. I mean, we always do. We like to keep you guys laughing. Hope we were able to take a very serious topic and at least bring a little bit of humor and light. Um, But abuse is not something to joke about. And if anyone out there is being abused physically, mentally, emotionally, there is help. Everyone deserves a relationship free from domestic violence. If you or someone you love is being abused, know there is nothing you have done or are doing to cause the abuse. It is solely the choice of the abuser to abuse. It may seem impossible to escape your abuser, change your circumstances, or find the help you need, but it is possible. However, you know your abuser best, so think carefully through the situation and circumstances and do what's best for you. If you're in immediate danger, Call 911. For anonymous confidential help 24 7, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1 800 799 7233 or 1 800 787 3224. Teddy and Jenny can be found on TikTok, Instagram, Threads, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. If you're interested in our cool merch from Cream and My Coffee, check out our store on Bonfire. Not only do we have fashionable cream in my coffee apparel, we also have shirts, tanks, and hoodies representing multiple sclerosis awareness. I also wanted to say thank you to each and every one of you for hitting that subscribe button for our podcast. With each subscription, you allow more people to learn about the podcast. And when you hit that subscribe button, it automatically downloads our upcoming episode on the day of release. For those of you listening to us on Spotify, as most of you know, Spotify now offers a really cool feature where you can leave us a comment on the Spotify platform, allowing you to engage with other listeners and see their comments as well. We love all your positive feedback for our show. You can also leave voice recordings on Spotify for podcasters, which I will link in the show notes. Feel free to reach out to Teddy and Jenny, at CreamInMyCoffee97 at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or ideas for our upcoming episodes. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening, and until next time, I love you like I love my coffee. Hot, hot, hot. 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 Muy caliente, papi.